Hey, Elevate City Church, great to see you guys today, and uh, although I'm not there physically, uh, I am here uh, via video with you, um, we're actually recording on a Monday evening, and uh, man, just so excited as we get to conclude this series. We've got some of our team that's with me uh, here tonight, so come on team, let's give God a hand, all right? So they're helping me preach a little bit, and uh, what a great uh, weekend we had this past Sunday, but hopefully you guys had a great Thanksgiving as well, and I uh, had just uh, made some great memories, uh, probably uh, got some uh, weight to lose after that. You know, I began the year with a goal of losing 20 pounds, and I still got 30 to go. Come on, somebody, all right? All right, anyways, so good to see you. Glad you're here today as we close out this blessed series on this Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, if you've been with us throughout this series uh, this has been, I think, an incredible uh, message series that we've done and ultimately one that we are just believing for God to move in just a powerful way, just in the area of finances and wanting to see money God's way. And so to come away really from uh, the systems and uh, of this world to coming into a place of seeing money, uh, how God wants us to see. So the first week, if you were with us, and again, if you've missed any of the messages, you can go online, you can watch these messages at any time. Uh, we talked about first things. Uh, the, the most important thing, if we're going to see God really move and bless, uh, it's putting things in, in first, in, in order of first, uh, meaning that's, uh, we talked about the importance of the tithe, that the tithe is the uh, first 10% of our income offering is anything above that uh, that we would give. And so I want to just uh, encourage you, if you missed that, really that sets this whole series up for us. And as well as uh, week number two, we, uh, I, I titled the message, Closed Fists to Open Hands. Closed Fists to Open Hands because uh, God wants us to live a life open-handed. And uh, so not just monetarily, but also just with our time and our abilities and our giftings. And then uh, what an incredible Sunday this past weekend with Pastor Jim Wilkes, who had, I think, one of the coolest illustrated messages I've personally ever seen on uh, money, on giving specifically, and then uh, really leaving a legacy and what that looks like. And so uh, I've gotten just such great feedback from that. And so just we were incredibly thankful to have him with us. And so today I, I really felt led to uh, just close this series this way, to close it practically. And obviously we've, we've been encouraged, we've been challenged a little bit through this. And then here's where I know that, that some of us may be at today. It's as we're looking at just our finances and things that's going on and thinking, man, I, you know, I, I, I want to get things in order. What are some practical steps? And, and some of, I've had conversations even with some of you and some of you even about uh, Dave Ramsey, our financial piece, which uh, that will start back in our next semester of small groups. But, but what do we do un until then? And what are some things right now that I can begin to do? And so that's where I think it's really important for us to look and, and, uh, and see what God's word has to say to really just begin to bring, I think, some healthy disciplines to our life and continue to see that God really does have a plan, uh, not just in the area of giving, but today I want to talk about really stewarding that and how to uh, be good savers of, of what God has blessed us with, obviously continue to be faithful and, and because we're blessed to be a blessing, but what does that look like practically in order for us to have a healthy future financially? I'm going to share some stats with you today that uh, honestly, as I was looking at those uh, stats here recently, just continued to, to blow my mind to see uh, where our world is at, even where our nation is at as it relates to uh, money and, and a lack of saving and further and further in debt. 
and we talked in week number two about the spirit of mammon and how mammon uh, wants to control your life, how the enemy wants you under the pressure and under the weights of financial pressure so that you'll never be in a place uh, to be a blessing to others. So let's look at a few verses of scripture today. And um, I want to just encourage you today as, as we get into this first scripture, you've got message notes that are in your worship guide. You can go on the app today as well and follow along in that way. But uh, even though I'm not there uh, physically with you, I'm praying for you all today. And we're praying for Legacy Sunday that's coming up uh, this uh, upcoming weekend on December the 8th. And so, again, I'm just encouraging you to go to God and ask God what he would want you to give uh, this next Sunday. We're just believing for absolute history to be made. And I also have some news with you, uh, the, or the, excuse me, that I'll be sharing with you next Sunday uh, about our future, about uh, the year 2020, and some significant things uh, that has happened within the last week. And I think, honestly, where we're at as a church and the timing of everything that God is doing couldn't be more perfect to set us up for an incredible year ahead of us. So be praying, and, uh, and then don't forget, bring that pledge cards, uh, card with you, and then just that first fruits offering, that 10% of what you feel uh, led uh, to give from the Lord on uh, that Legacy Sunday. So Psalm chapter 112, let's get in this verse. It says this, praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. All right, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. And I like this next part, and it says, Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. I, there's just something about this verse for me personally to know that, man, I want to see my children blessed. There's a scripture in Proverbs that uh, says, that, man, a good man uh, leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And so, again, this is kind of the, the understanding and the concept of what we're going to work with today. And it goes on to say that even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those, look at this, who are generous and lend Freely. In other words, they're, they're not closed-fisted, uh, but they're living open-handed, who conduct their affairs with justice. And I love this next part. Because of your generous life and who you are, the Bible says, surely he will never be shaken. I think what an incredible promise for you and I. And then it says, a righteous man will be remembered forever. And then Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19 is, is an important one. Let's look at that. It says, this day that I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Everybody say, choose life. Yeah, choose life. So that you and your children may live. And so, in other words, it's an important decision that you and I are making. Uh, one of life or one of death. And I, I don't know about you, but I always want to be on the side of life rather than death. And we know that God's word and his principles always produce life. And so I, my encouragement is today, come on, let's be a people that chooses life. Let's be a people, as we read a few weeks ago in Proverbs 23, uh, that we're going to buy the truth and sell it not in Jesus' name. So what I want to do for the next couple of minutes is really just kind of share some of the nuts and bolts of, 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 of seeing vision for your life, getting a hold of uh, a vision financially for your life, and, and get a structure uh, in place to be able to help you make, I think, better decisions and really uh, help you to begin to think about things maybe a little bit differently than you have before. Because here's the reality. The world's way is not 
working. I actually literally, uh, just today, I was looking at the debt world clock. I don't know if you've ever seen that. That thing is absolutely mind-blowing to me in the sense that it just don't stop moving. And so I looked at it as of right now, we are uh, close to uh, being a nation now in $23 trillion worth of debt. And, uh, and so that's right around $4 billion per day that that's taking place. And so uh, economists are saying that at the current rate uh, of, of where we are going financially, that the millennial generation uh, will become the poorest generation in the last 80 years. Those born in, from 1984 to the year 2000 in that age group. I think it's interesting, a few more stats, that 300% more student debt uh, it, it, among this generation than our parents, 300%. Uh, one in five millennials right now currently are living in poverty today. Uh, and then based upon current trends, many people won't be able to retire until the age of 75. And so here's what I know. I think we're living in a time and we're seeing a world that's embracing poor principles. And, um, and, and, and let me go back to something that we talked about a couple weeks ago, again, and that is the spirit of mammon. And if we come under the cloud of that spirit and we allow that spirit to sabotage us and we allow that spirit to blind us, uh, man, it's going to continue to send us in such an unhealthy direction uh, as it relates to finances. And so this is why I really believe with everything within me that this series is so important for your life, so important for your family, so important for your future to get a hold of God's word and see finances God's way. Because the way the world is going is not going to lead you and I to uh, the blessed life. This is going to absolutely leave you and I bankrupt. And that is not a place none of us want to be. And somebody said a good amen, all right? And so, uh, and, and we looked in week number one that 30% of Jesus' teachings, I want you to think about this, 30% of his teachings had to deal with money and possessions. So this is a very important topic, as we know. And again, it's the most uh, competing thing for your heart today. Uh, we looked at this scripture a few weeks ago out of Matthew 6, 24, where Jesus made the statement. He said that you cannot serve both God and money. Again, it's Jesus knowing that, the, again, the number one competition for our heart is going to be money. Luke chapter 12, I wanted to read this verse because I thought this was uh, really powerful to read it out of the New King James Version. And then we're going to go in the Message Bible, one of my favorite versions to uh, break it down with. And it says this, and the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season. Now, I want us to look at the Message Bible. I thought this was real cool how it says this. And uh, the message has a way of just making it real, uh, real plain, real bold, all right? And it says this, the master said, let me ask you, who is, I like this, this dependable manager? Again, we talked about that God has called us to be stewards, that we're owners of nothing but stewards of everything, full of common sense that the master puts in charge of his staff to feed them well and on time. He is a blessed man, and if when the master shows up, he's doing his job, but if he says to himself, the master is certainly taking his time, begins maltreating the, the servants and maids, throws parties for his friends and gets drunk, the master will walk in when he least expects it, giving the thrashing of his life, and then put him back in the kitchen to peel potatoes. My God. <laughs> and, and so, in other words, it, there's such a responsibility that God has given us to steward well, 
what he's blessed us with. And man, I think about Pastor Jim's message on Sunday and knowing that the, the, the different sized teddy bears, although it was really funny, it brought such an incredible point and a value home for all of us that, you know, God wants to get us to the bigger blessings that he has for us, but for most people, they won't ever get there. And part of the reason, and he did a great job of speaking to this, is because we won't be faithful with the portion and that small teddy bear that he had with what's in our hand today. And so there's some roadblocks that I think that we have, and we've got to be very watchful of these in our life. And so I want to talk about some of the roadblocks that can really keep us from freedom and keep us from God's blessing. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, that where there is no vision, people perish. So um, as much as you need a vision for your life and a destiny and we need a vision, you also have to have a financial vision for your life. You also have to know uh, the routes and what to say yes to, what to say no to. You need to know the difference between a need and a want. Come on, somebody, all right? And especially here we're coming up on the Christmas season. Instead of charging that credit card, and I'm going to talk about credit cards here in a minute. Uh, you know, if you can't pay that off with cash now, don't be charging that bad boy. I'm just trying to help you today, all right? And so we want it to be a blessed Christmas, not a stressful one. Amen? All right, so it's really important. So here's our first roadblock, and it's this, that, that many times we find ourselves going on just meaningless pursuits. And that's, that happens, again, because we don't have vision. We don't have a proper vision for our lives. So in other words, we just go on these pursuits, and if it looks good, I'm just going to kind of buy it, and we kind of go on impulse, and it gets real unhealthy. The Bible says it this way in Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10 and 11, that those who love money will never have enough. And it goes on to say, how meaningless to think uh, that wealth brings true happiness, and the more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. Come on, isn't that true? I know my, I feel that way with my kids, all right? And so, what good is wealth, watch this, except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? And that's the way it feels sometimes. When you don't have vision, it's just like, man, it's here and it's gone, and it can happen that quick, all right? So... Again, one of the things that's important for us to understand is the culture around you is always wanting more, and is always telling you that more is better. And so we have advertisement, billboards, commercials that always talk about the latest, greatest thing, but the reality is we don't really need those things, but culture is constantly pushing that kind of pressure on you, and I to have the next best phone, or wherever, or the car, or whatever it may be. And you'll, you'll see this, that within those advertisement, culture is really good about complaining about what you don't have. And so again, this is a healthy perspective that you have to get, and, and I'm wanting to really just kind of help expose some of the bad thinking that's out there in order to help to get some right thinking in us. And then the Bible says this in Philippians 4.11, verse 13, that I have, this is Paul talking here, it's such a great verse. He said, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. And I think that, I just want to stop there to say, I think it's really important that you and I learn to be content with wherever, whatever we have. And learn to be thankful. And learn to be in a place of gratefulness to know that, you know, more isn't always better, you know. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to have great vision and being more blessed, absolutely. But I think, again, it's being careful of not getting wrapped up in stuff, all right. And so he goes on to say, I know how to live on, on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living. Watch this. This is the, this is the secret sauce Paul's talking about to us. He said, I've learned, how to, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me 
strength. And that secret sauce, going back to the first part of that verse, is learning to be content. Learning to be grateful and with what you have today. And here's what contentment means. Because I think sometimes we have a misunderstanding of this word. Contentment means my happiness does not depend on my circumstances. All right? That what's happening, you know, around me is not affecting me. It's not determining uh, my joy. It's not determining my happiness in my life. And then Luke 16, Jesus said, "Who again, this is a verse that's been really kind of a theme verse for us in this series. That whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And again, I, you know, we refer to that verse so much because I think that's what it comes down to. You know, one of the reasons why we talk about that verse so much is because it, that's the test that you and I have to pass. Is will we be found faithful with that? And so my hope as your pastor is I want to see you pass the test. I want to see you be faithful with God, what he's blessed you with. But within that, I want to see real freedom come to your life financially as well. You know, we've got some great stories of God doing that around here. And again, through our, our financial peace class to, you know, others that have, man, just made the decision that, uh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in such a way that uh, I can really experience more if, if maybe I, I have some sacrificial part of my life too. And so, uh, and I just even believe as it relates to legacy that maybe God's calling you to lay some things down in this season. I think about what David said in scripture. He said, you know what, I will not give what doesn't cost me something. In other words, you should feel it a little bit. And, uh, you know, for Bethany and I, you know, God gave us a number that we're giving next week at Legacy. And we can't give 100% of it yet. Uh, we're going to need God to really move. And her and I know that. But our faith is out there. And we are giving the 10% of that. Why? Because we know what God has said. And we believe in what God is doing with the vision, with the five lanes that he's placed in front of us. That we have an opportunity to continue to see an invasion of God's power right here in our city for the glory of God. Amen? And so I, I want to encourage encourage you with that. So, um, you know, a thought too along this verse to kind of help us with this is, is simply this, that God is not going to give us more money, again, if, if we're not going to be faithful with what he's given us. And I want to give you an analogy, just very simply put, if a person cannot handle $500 a week, why would God entrust him with $5,000 a week? All right. And so the heart of stewardship says this, with what I have now, and with what I've, remember the basket I used a few weeks ago, with what I have in my basket, I'm going to be faithful to honor God now with that. Because here's the thing, God is interested in building his kingdom. God is interested in advancing the kingdom. That's what this is all about. It's the advancement of the kingdom of God to reach as many people as we can for his glory. And so it's important for us. And so he's going to entrust Listen to me, funds and, and, and money uh, to those who are good stewards of those funds. And so those who won't squander their resources on just useless things. Again, we go on too many meaningless pursuits. But people that will budget their money and learn how to be accountable and set up a system. And so I just believe this, and you can write this down if you want because I just think this is worth it. And that is simply this, that we will never see God's miraculous power given to poor stewards. I said, man, that's kind of tough, Pastor. No, here's what it is, the truth. And so I just know if we're going to be, even as a church, we're called to be faithful stewards as well. 
And as you heard last week, Pastor Jim talked about it. That's where, as we look at things, we leverage that. And man, why? Because we want to make the greatest impact we can for souls for Jesus. And so we want to be found faithful. And then here's the other roadblock I want to give you is, is we go on these meaningless pursuits, and then we just have thoughtless living. Again, if we don't have vision, uh, we'll perish. Uh, and so we need to have vision financially, set ourselves up, our spouse, our children for a future. You know, I was even thinking about my best buddy in the world, you know, that passed away, Billy, a few weeks ago. And, and I don't know the details. I don't need to know the details. But my question was, man, I hope that there was something for his wife and his kids. I hope there was some kind of maybe insurance policy or uh, savings or trust or something that was set up to take care of them. And, I, and again, I don't know the entirety of those details, but again, can I just tell you how important that is in setting and, and taking care of yourself, taking care of your family. You know, Bethany and I have had those hard conversations. I understand, you know, those are not real popular conversations. And even, you know, when I was single, uh, I had those conversations with my parents, with my brother. I wanted them to know what I wanted and what I wanted to do. And, and so uh, you're never too uh, old or young to have a will. And I think that's really important. And so we've had those hard conversations as well. Bethany and I have even, God forbid, something ever happened to Bethany and I. What would happen with our three kids? And so, again, it's, it's important uh, that we just don't go through life thoughtless. Again, we've got to have vision. Everybody say, we've got to have vision. I've got to have vision, okay? And so, let me say it this way. Where there is no vision, we make quick decisions that are poor. All right? And, uh, and so, let me, let me just uh, give you some stats on thoughtless living, specifically with credit cards. All right? Uh, some of these are brand new. Just, just uh, read some of this uh, today. And it said, it said this, that people spend 12 to 18% more on average with credit cards. The average credit card holder has four credit cards to their name, with nearly a total of $34,000 in debt through, with four cards total. It's a lot of money. Listen to this. The average 28 years, the, the average 28 years old, uh, 28 year old, there we go, all right, uh, has $66,000 in consumer debt. Lord have mercy. All right, you wonder why we need to talk about things like that because it's crushing. And, and it feels smothering for some of us at times. Just, man, can I ever get out of this? And I really believe you can. I really believe there's, again, there's a healthy future and a vision. And, and again, we're embracing a values, values from a God who gets it. He's the greatest CFO that ever was. All right? And so, and we're seeing a world that's embracing horrific principles that are just, it's a sinking ship is what it is. All right, and so, so we look here at the prophet Isaiah, and he said this in Isaiah 55, that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the, other than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so that's why it's crazy to our carnal mind to think that God can bless me more with 90% than 100% on my own. Because what happens when we step into a place of being tithers and when we're givers unto God and his word, all of a sudden we have given God full permission, according to Malachi chapter 3, to add his super to our natural in our finances. Because we've made a decision that I'm not going to do finances my way uh, because the way I've done it stinks, it ain't getting me anywhere, but I'm going to embrace some principles that are going to always produce life and not death. Why? Because according to Deuteronomy that we just read moments ago, that we're choosing a way of life 
and not death. Somebody say amen, all right? And so Matthew 6, again, Jesus, when we look at that, that chapter, he said in that chapter, to lay up treasure for yourselves in heaven. Because this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about is souls. You and I can't take nothing into heaven except souls. Think about that. I mean, and you heard the analogy last week. Pastor Jim talked about, man, you know, never seen a U-Haul being or a hearse pulling a U-Haul because you can't take your stuff with you, can't take your money with you, all right, but you can take souls with you. And I don't know about you, but I know when I'm in heaven, I want to be able to look around and meet a bunch of people in heaven that I know that God used uh, me to have an impact on and to see their life forever change. And so, uh, so how much treasure, this is the question, how much treasure are you laying up in heaven? I want us to think about that for a minute in our impact. When you get to heaven, will you look back on this earth with regrets of how much treasure you laid up here instead of sending it forward to heaven? And here's what I know. We can't help others if we don't care for what God has given us. And if we're not good stewards, here's the reality, it's going to limit our ability to help people and ultimately, here it is, to advance the kingdom of God, all right? And so good stewardship is key. I love this scripture in Haggai chapter 1, and it says this, give careful thought to your ways. I, 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 want, I, want, I, want, to, I want to just kind of hang here for a second. I want you just to kind of, just kind of think about where you're at right now, just as it relates financially, as it relates to a life of impact on people. Haggai starts off this verse and says, give careful thought to your ways. Be careful. Be careful the directions that you're going to give. Careful thought to your ways. Look at this. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. Here's the frustrating part of the verse that may be a reality for some, that you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Ladies, how many know that would be real frustrating? As you're carrying your purse around, your money's just flooding out on the streets, and you have no idea. And so this is still hard for a lot of Christians. And I'm, I'm praying so much and have been for our church, and especially in this series, that we get a hold and grasp the heart of God as it relates to generosity. We would be known as a generous church always. It's always been a value of this church. But I think it's still hard for a Christian, for many Christians, to, to get a hold of this concept of tithe and of offering, of giving and generosity. And it's ironic to me, again, and I've made this statement that, again, if we can trust God with our eternity, we ought to be able to trust God to be our CFO as well, all right? And so I want to give you just practically now some fresh vision, talk to you real practically. So we've talked about a few roadblocks that gets us messed up. Now let me talk real practical to try to get you uh, just some direction and help, all right? Here's the first thing you have to do. Number one is this. You've got to change your view of money. You have to do that. That's the beginning point, all right? The Bible says this, and and this really alludes to what we've talked about in the entirety of this series, you guys. Church, look at this with me. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. I'm going to say it again. 
Come on, everybody say it with me that's watching right now. Come on, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Say it one more time real loud with everything you got. Come on, all three services. Come on, 9 a.m., 10.30, noon. Let's go. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Why? Because it's going to lead you to a jacked up life. All right? It's going to lead you in a direction you don't want to go. Again, going back to what we read at the first part of this message earlier, it's going to lead you to death. That's where God put before us. You can choose life or you can choose death. I want to be over on the side of life as far as I possibly can, all right? So don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but, all right, it's important to see this. Let God transform you into a new person. Look at this. By changing the way you think. You've got to change your view of money, all right? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So here's some examples of bad thinking. All right. Well, all I need is a little bit more. All right. Or somehow, some way, I don't know how, but it's, it's, it's going to work out somehow. You know, the, again, this is examples of wrong thinking. Or you have the thought of, well, I'll just kind of one day I'll drift into financial freedom. It's, it, it's bound to happen, right? All right. Or the attitude and the mindset of my stuff belongs to me instead of managing God's resources well. And let me make this very clear, because I want to I, I stand for God in this, all right? And sometimes we get upset with God because we feel like he's not coming through for us financially. I'm going to say it again because I've been there too. Because I want to make something very clear in, here in just a second. Sometimes we get frustrated. I want to look right in the camera at everybody watching and everybody online, because it's a reality. We get frustrated when we feel like God is not coming through for us financially. But I want, I want to share a truth with you that may be a hard pill to swallow, but an important one, all right? Because, again, this has got to go back to your having changing your view of money, all right? And that is simply this, that, you know, we say that, we say this even when, you know, maybe we, we haven't prayed about whether we're supposed to spend our money the way we did or not. And here's what we need to understand. Here's a truth that you need to understand. You may want to write it down as a healthy reminder for you. And that is this, that we need to know that God is not responsible for bills that he did not initiate. I'm going to say that once again. Because all of a sudden, we've got these bills and we've got debt that is just flooding. And we're mad at God because, well, God's not coming through and that bill's not, you know. And, and so, it, but that's not right and nor is it fair to God. All right. And I'm going to say it again. We need to know that God is not responsible for bills that he did not initiate. We are the ones who are responsible for our finances. We are the stewards of what God has blessed us with. And I realize this is kind of almost like, it's kind of a gut check right now, all right? Like, whew. And, and so we should pray, and we need to get the counsel of God before we spend money. We need to get a vision. We need to get a plan. All right? I've found this, that most of the stress and worry that I see from people in my time in ministry and the anxiety that is in our lives is caused by a failure to exercise good stewardship. That we end up in such unhealthy places because of the lack of, of just the importance of taking time to make wise decisions. And so... Um, if you want to be wise, you got to get around those who are wise, Scripture tells us. It's very important. The Bible also talks about in the multitudes of counselors, there's safety. What am I saying? I'm saying if you're not good with money, you need to get around people who are good with money. 
and you can't be afraid to ask for help. If you're finding yourself underwater and, and struggling to swim, to get above water, we need a different plan because the plan that we're currently on, the trajectory of it is obviously not working. And so we need to get a plan that works. And that's where, again, I'm thankful for a church like this that has small groups. I'm thankful for pastors like Pastor Kyle Stadler, Pastor Rich Lee, that just have that passion and that desire to come alongside people and to help build in a healthy plan uh, to see freedom come in our life. And I just, but, and, and let me just say, I, I'm standing for God real strong in this because God, I think, gets frequently gets blamed for self-inflicted wounds. And I think we got to be very careful. Uh, in that. Uh, another couple other interesting stats I want to share is credit card debt, back to credit card debt, this is a lot of people struggle, is now it has exceeded, saw this as well, uh, $1 trillion in our nation. Four in 10 people admit that they overuse their credit card. Three in 10 people describe their finances as a horror show. And so Proverbs 21 verse 5 says this, that the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So having a healthy plan and, and, and getting around uh, you know, people and, and healthy budgeting systems are gonna be critical for your life. I'll never forget when Beth and I did that, man. It was just a game changer for us. Uh, just even how we, how we viewed money changed dramatically. I'll, I'm gonna hit that in just a second. But I love sharing this, uh, this uh, brief story out of Harvard because it goes to show you those who take the time to have legitimate healthy goals um, always achieve more than the person who doesn't. So listen to this, uh, this little bit of this story. A study of Harvard gradu graduates with MBA uh, degrees revealed that 3% of them accomplished more in a single year than all of the other 97% combined. The only differentiating characteristic was that the graduates who made up the 3% had left Harvard with written goals, all right? So here's my challenge, is write out your financial vision for your life. What do you wanna see happen? Maybe you've got debt up to your eyeballs and you're trying to figure out how in the world, like I wanna be free of that. Maybe that's for somebody, that's, that's a goal. For another, maybe it's tithing. Uh, maybe you're tithing, but God's challenging you to give more. Maybe you're not giving at all, but and God's challenging you to begin taking a step to give. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what God's telling you, but write out a financial vision. And here's what that financial vision is going to help you do. It's going to help you to know what to say yes to. It's going to help you to know what to say no to and to stick to those convictions and those values in Jesus' name. Here's the third thing, and that's building a working budget. You've got to know where your money is going. Every dollar within a budget, what that helps to do is every dollar has a name, so you know where it's going, okay? Uh, Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision. Everybody say, write the vision. Come on, make it plain on tablets, that's it, that he may run who reads it. All right, if where you are isn't where you want to be, then you've got to get a plan. Got to get a vision, got to get a plan for your life. You've got to get on a budget, you got to give every dollar a name, all right, and uh, for, for Bethany and I, I'll just speak for us as it relates to budgeting. Not living on a budget is like not having a gas gauge in the car. Scary. Eef. Freaked me out a few. Uh, last month, I was boarding my plane uh, from Missouri, uh, Springfield, uh, uh, Missouri, to fly back to Fort Wayne when our flight was delayed by three and a half hours. I'll never forget the, uh, the, the captain came on the speaker on our plane and said, well, folks, we're, we're not gonna be able to go anywhere. 
because the gas gauge doesn't work. So we don't know how much gas we have. I thought, thank you, Captain, for not risking our lives by wondering or not knowing how much gas we got. Like, you take all the time you need, all right? And so, but anyways, that's what it's like. It's scary. It'll freak you out, all right? And so, and it should, all right? It should. And so, uh, again, this is why having a plan is so important or you'll never be able to get ahead, nor will you ever really be able to live within your means, okay? Uh, Proverbs 21.20 says, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food, I love this verse, and oil, but a foolish man devours all that he has. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the house of the wise. Come on, somebody. Amen? And so you've got to develop a debt reduction plan. Uh, again, um, I'm, I'm going to continue to trumpet what's worked for us and what I've seen work for others uh, with Dave Ramsey. You can go to his website, DaveRamsey.com. Uh, I mean, he's, he's the guru. I love him. love the strategy. Uh, he's a God-fearing man as well. Uh, that's where I learned what Beth and I still do today, and we learned this years ago through him, is, there, is the 101080 plan. And um, this is new for you. I, this is something we do. Uh, I know many others that do this as well. But the first 10% goes to God. All right? That's the tithe. So that always goes to God. This is what we do all the time. Then the next 10% we put into savings. All right? We put into savings. And then we live off of the 80%. So that's what we budget with is living off the 80. So it's called the 101080 plan. I highly recommend it, getting yourself in a place. And, and I realize for some, uh, it may take you time. Here's the other thing that'll help you, keep you from going into further debt is using cash. Quit using uh, just plastic. I'm telling you, you'll thank me later for that. All right, and so as you work with budgeting and you work, whether it's in our, our financial peace small group or you get with one of our team, one of our pastors even, um, that's something that can be set up. But again, it is incredibly important for your life and for your future, all right? And then here's the fourth and final thing is something we've talked about, and that's giving, make giving a priority. Make uh, giving a priority. The Bible says this in Proverbs eleven twenty four: give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. So as we've talked about so much in the entirety of this series, that the vision that God is trying to get you and I to is, is the vision of giving, not the vision of getting. All right, I want to share a story with you out of, uh, it's, it's become a favorite book of mine that I read some years ago from Pastor Robert Morris called The Blessed Life. And I wanted to read this as I end this, uh, as we end this message today. And I just want you just to take a minute just to listen. That's all I want you to do is just to listen to a portion of this book that I want to read to you right now. All right. Uh, it says this, Robert's, uh, as he's written this here, he said, God wants to put great resources in our hands so that we can be conduits of his blessing. Isn't that exactly what we are told in the following New Testament verse in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8? And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God wants us to have abundance. Why? So we are ready and able to do every good work. But as we've seen, having abundance is only possible when we are good stewards of the blessings God has given us. Listen to this. This reminds me of a story about a friend of mine who was praying about what to give toward his church's three-year building program. One day, he was in his backyard, which was close to the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, and he asked the Lord, he said, what do you want me to give towards that building fund? And the Lord said, $50,000. He laughed and said, you're serious. And the Lord responded back, yes, I'm serious. He just stood there thinking, wow, I can't believe I'm going to be able to give that much over three years. It's going to have to appear out of the sky. 
And he was looking up, a plane flew overhead, and the Lord said to him, do you think I'm just going to drop the money out of the sky? Why are you standing here looking up at the air? Go inside, sit down at your computer, and put this in your budget, the Lord said. He went inside, and as he started working on his budget, he realized the only way he could make it work is if he cut back in some areas. Once again, he asked the Lord if he really wanted him to do it. And the Lord said, yes, I'm staying to do this. So he did, and in those three years, God abundantly blessed his business and finances. But that's not the end of the story. He finished his commitment on the last Sunday of his church's building program. And on Monday morning, a man from the airport knocked on his door and said this to the man, that we've conducted a flight study and determined your home is in a flight path. We think it could hurt the value of your home, so we're going to give you a check for $50,000. It turns out his home was the last home in that study. After the man left, my friend walked outside, and he stood in his backyard. A plane flew overhead yet again. He looked up, and God said to him, I can drop it out of the sky if I want to. Come on, somebody. That is our God kind of just bragging a little bit, isn't he? But here's what I just want to say as I end this message today, that you can trust God. More than anything else, Elevate City Church family, you, me, we can trust God. And as we do, man, I promise you, God will take you and I further than we could ever dream of and that we could ever imagine if we'll just open up our hands. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today, uh, Lord, for what you're speaking. God, I'm so thankful for a church that's generous, so thankful, God, that you have, in the, in the course of the last few weeks, God, you've been speaking to us, you've been challenging us, and God, I know that we're going to be a people that chooses life and not death. That, God, we're going to make the decision in our life that, uh, Lord, we want to be uh, blessed and we want to be found faithful with what you've given us. And so, Lord, I just pray right now for each and every person, God, that you would move in a powerful way. And, Lord, that we would begin to make some new decisions in our life. That, God, that we will be able to have a, a healthy future. And, again, that we'll make the decisions that's going to help us to embrace your vision and your plan and see money as you do, Lord, in Jesus' name, so that together we can advance the kingdom of God in the earth right here in Fort Wayne and be a part of what you're doing. And so, God, I thank you for each and every person, and Holy Spirit, move and work and continue to have your way in our life. I want to give you an opportunity right here today. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know him personally, all right? I want you to know more than anything, God wants your heart. Maybe you're here today for the first time. This is new for you. I just want you to know there's no pressure, all right? God wants your heart today. What he wants more than anything else is a relationship with you. And so if you're here today and you want to know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And if you'll just believe it with everything within you, I'm telling you, God is going to save you right where you're at. So just say something like this with me today. Say, Jesus, I invite you in my heart today, and I make you my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of my past. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. And I want to pray right now because I'm not there with you physically, but I want to pray for every person right now for legacy. So let's just stay in a spirit of prayer right now. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have in one week to make history together. God, to begin to see forward momentum and to be a part of something that's much bigger than ourselves. 
And so, Father, I thank you for just speaking to us. And Lord, I know you have been. I know that for some of us, Lord, this seems a little scary. Like, man, God, how's this going to work out? Even like the man who stepped out in his backyard and the Lord told him a big amount to give. And Lord, he trusted you and he obeyed it. And Lord, you came back and blessed him in so many different ways. And so, Lord, I just thank you today. Lord, just uh, for a church that continues to see the vision, to see what you're doing, and to know that together we're making a difference. And so, Lord, I thank you. I just uh, speak a blessing and clarity. And, and Lord, and, and we come expecting you to move, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And I thank you in advance the testimonies that are going to come through the lives of families and those who are trusting you and who are giving, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Bless Legacy Sunday next week. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, a good amen. Come on, if you believe it today, come on, let's put our hands together for all that God has done. Come on, somebody. Love you guys.